Welcome to Muslim Viewpoint, a new podcast series powered by American Muslim Today, a groundbreaking nonprofit digital newspaper which champions civic engagement. AMT informs and empowers the diverse voices of almost 30 million Muslims here in the U.S. and other Western countries. I'm your host and producer, Maya Gaylor. Today we have an interview with Colin Allred, who currently serves as a U.S. congressman and is running against Ted Cruz for Texas Senate. He spoke to our editor-in-chief, Rifat Malik, about his firsthand encounter with the January 6th insurrection and how he plans to do what Beto O'Rourke was unable to do, win a blue seat in a red state. Colin, uh, thanks for joining us today. You announced that earlier this year that you would be running for the U.S. Senate against Republican incumbent Ted Cruz. Tell us what motivated you to take this decision. Well, thank you for uh, speaking with me. Uh, you know, I think that Texans know that we can't afford six more years of Ted Cruz in the Senate, and we know uh, that he's somebody who we can't count on to be there for us in a crisis. But I think we also know uh, that he's somebody who's been one of the most divisive figures uh, in our state and in our country, and at a time when I think it's really critically important that we try and come back together uh, as Texans and as Americans, uh, this is a chance for us to move on from somebody who I think has made our political life and, and just our, our life as a community, I think, much more divided. Okay. Um, going on from that, I just wanted to ask you uh, about something that's going on right now. And uh, as you know, the former president, Donald Trump, has been indicted on multiple uh, criminal charges so far, including, obviously, for his role uh, on uh, January the 6th. Um, as an attorney... Uh, I'm sure you're obviously watching this both as an attorney and as a member of Congress. How strong do you think these cases are against him? Well, I think that no one is above the law, uh, and that includes a former president. Uh, And I think that as I've followed uh, these cases, it does uh, look to me as if the special counsel uh, is taking this incredibly seriously and is trying to approach it, I think, a way that uh, you know is fair, and now former President Trump will have a chance uh, in front of a jury of his peers to have that determined. And that's that's the uh, I'm a big believer in our legal system, and um, that, that I think is you know, his rights will be protected in that process. And I think that's important as well. Uh, but you know, when we talk about January 6, uh, you know, I was there. I was on the House floor as the mob was trying to. Uh, you know, interrupt the proceedings and try and cr- basically overthrow an American presidential election. Uh, I think it's incredibly serious and one of the most damaging things in our his- in our history, certainly in our modern history. Uh, and Ted Cruz had a key role in that. Uh, he was one of the you know, basically part of the legal team with the, and the theory behind trying to overthrow the election. But he was also uh, the senator who objected uh, to the results in Arizona and. You know, since then, he has just continued uh, to, I think, undermine faith in our system by attacking uh, the trial itself. Uh, and this is one of the reasons why uh, we have to move on uh, from Senator Cruz, because Texans need and deserve a senator who's focused on and delivering for them and who also believes in our democracy and in our system. And that is also on the ballot in this election. Our democracy itself is going to be on the ballot in this election. And it's important that we send a strong message from Texas about who we are. 
you mentioned that uh, the actual, uh, you know, on the day of the, um, what everyone, where a lot of people are calling the insurrection, um, you were in uh, the, the house at the time and Ted Cruz was there as well. And I think you've mentioned in previous uh, interviews what he was doing at the time and what you were doing. Do you want to just give us a little bit of a rundown of what happened on that sure. day? Just yeah. very brief. Yeah, of course. Well, uh, as the electoral count, uh, counts are being actually certified from each state, uh, Senator Cruz was one of the ejectors uh, to the Arizona results. Take, at that time, it took a member of the House, a member of the Senate. Uh, he decided to object to the results in Arizona. Uh, and then we split into uh, back at the House, stayed in the House, and the Senate went back to their chambers to debate those results. And, of course, you know, fast forward a little while later, uh, I start receiving texts from my staff and from my wife asking me where I was. And I was telling them, you know, I'm on the House floor, which I consider to be one of the safest places in the country. Uh, you know, but they were watching something very different play out on television. They were seeing you know, a mob that had breached the Capitol and that was getting closer uh, and my wife was at home with our not-yet-two-year-old son. Uh, she was seven months pregnant at the time. And uh, we had to lock the doors uh, and look like there was no way out. Uh, and I sent her a text that I don't think, you know, you should have to send uh, in this kind of a job. I never thought I'd have to, uh, saying, you know, whatever happens, I love you. And I took off my suit jacket. And when you're a former NFL linebacker, you know, folks look to you to protect them physically when something like this happens. Yeah. And I was prepared to, to do that. At the same time, you know, Senator Cruz was hiding in a supply closet. And I say that because uh, he has a long record of doing things like this without any accountability. Uh, and our accountability for him is going to come on Election Day next year. Um, and obviously that sounds like a truly horrifying experience. Um, of course, former presidential hopeful Beto Rourke lost his bid to beat Ted Cruz back in 2018. What is it that you think you can bring to the table, Colin, that uh, that perhaps will give you a better chance in what is still seen as a red state? Yeah. Well, we're going to build on what Beto did in 2018. I think what he showed uh, is that there uh, is a huge hunger in our state for change, uh, for new leadership, and to move on from this kind of divisive leadership that we've gotten from Senator Cruz. Uh, but it's a different election. Uh, it's a different year, and we're, we'll be in a different place as a state. And I'm, I'm a different candidate, uh, and I have a background of running here uh, in North, the North Texas area in tough races. I know what it takes to make sure that Republicans who feel like this version of the Republican Party doesn't reflect their values, that they uh, understand that I can be a representative for them as well, for independents who are looking and trying to decide you know, who reflects their values, but also uh, trying to make sure that more Texans get engaged in our democracy, because that's been one of our biggest struggles. And as a former voting rights lawyer, I understand that implicitly, uh, that we have to do something about the millions of Texans who are still not engaging in our democracy, because it is a threat to our democracy, and it results in more extreme candidates being elected. So we're gonna, that's what we're going to do in this election, just the same as we've done in my congressional races. Uh, we're going to appeal broadly and make sure the folks know that I'm a fourth-generation Texan. I know who we are. Born and raised here in Dallas by a single mother. I went to our public schools and played football at Baylor. I know who we are as Texans, and Ted Cruz doesn't reflect that. Okay. Um, tell us, uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, a couple of policies that that, uh, uh, that you um hopefully have a position on. So uh, tell us about immigration at the border in particular. Mm -hmm. How do you uh, differ 
uh, from perhaps Ted Cruz and the other Texan Republican Senator John Cronin on that issue? Well, I think that it's long past time uh, for us to have a comprehensive immigration reform that, yes, has a you know, importantly um, helps us secure our border, but that also helps our immigration system better meet the needs of our economy and deals with uh, the folks who are here who are undocumented and who would like to and you know come out of the shadows and contribute to our economy. And what I've seen from Senator Cruz is that he uses this as a political wedge issue, but he's not interested in actually trying to solve the problem. And I think we know in many ways what a bipartisan, common-sense approach can be to reform our immigration system that will help uh, ease a lot of the tension at the border, that will have more resources at the border, that will allow us to treat people more consistent with our values at the border, but that it will also, as I'm hearing from employers every single day, will allow us to better meet the needs of our economy because we need to continue to be a place where the best and the brightest from around the world want to come. Uh, but our immigration system has made that much more difficult, uh, and it's holding us back economically. And every single day, I hear from employers about that. And that's something that has to be a part of the, the discussion as well. Because when it comes to our immigration system, it's not just what's happening at the border. It's also what happens all across our state and all across our country when we're talking about our productivity, having enough workers, and also uh, you know, continuing to refresh our country with what I think has been a long tradition in the United States. Uh, bring, bringing in and attracting the brightest minds from around the world. Um, so, so you mentioned immigration uh, and uh, talking and talking about t- Trump as well. Um, he's already signaled earlier this year that um, should he get reelected, he would in some way revamp his uh, Muslim ban. And I wanted to know what you thought about that, the, the idea that uh, the, uh, um, uh, the American government will try to reinstate a policy that discriminates against uh, people from Muslim-majority countries. Well, I think it's one of the darkest periods uh, in our history. And I, I say that as a history major who understands uh, you know, some of the, uh, the many mistakes that we've made uh, at times. Uh, it's not consistent with our values as Americans. Uh, and it's something that we have to oppose, uh, I think, in every way possible, uh, because it's also it also doesn't make any sense. Uh, on top of, I think, you know, not being consistent with who we are, uh, you know, it doesn't make you know any practical sense. But it does send a message to the rest of the world, uh, one that diminishes our power as Americans around the world, that diminishes our standing as the leader of the free world, that makes it harder for us when we have conversations with China about their treatment of the Uyghur Muslim minority there or with any other country around the world who are trying to influence uh, to have a better uh, you know, record when it comes to human rights. Uh, we don't have much of a leg to stand on when we have policies like that in place. So it has so many aspects of it that I think undermine uh, you know, who we are as Americans, but also how the world sees us uh, that you know, I certainly will oppose it in the United States Senate but I hope that we don't reach that point uh, and that uh, it's not hopefully not a conversation that we ever have to have again. Okay. Um, another issue that I think is uh, of huge significance and importance to perhaps, you know, all Americans is the issue of gun violence and gun reform. Um, there have been literally hundreds of cases of mass shootings in this year alone. 
Um, do you believe here in Texas people will support gun reform? And what kind of reform well, do you think we need? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I'm a, as I said, a fourth-generation Texan. I know who we are as Texans, and I think we have a long tradition of responsible gun ownership in this state. You know, when I was growing up, I'd go to a YMCA camp where we learned how to shoot and handle rifles. Uh, we had a, had a riflery range. You know, while we were kids, because it was about learning how to do it responsibly and safely. And I think that's who we actually are as Texans, not what we're seeing uh, now in this kind of, you know, straw man argument that's set up uh, that there's nothing we can do to make our community safer, to make our places of worship, our schools, our malls, not maybe the site of the next mass shooting. Obviously, there is something we can do, but it's also, I think, when you look at the polling, there are policies that are supported by the vast majority of Texans and Americans that are common-sense solutions that will help us save lives, whereas Ted Cruz wants and has supported unfettered access Guns, even opposing common sense measures like red flag laws and background checks that would keep hands, uh, keep weapons out of the hands of dangerous folks who shouldn't have them. Uh, in the last Congress, uh, Senator Cornyn uh, led, uh, for the first time in 30 years, uh, a meaningful gun reform uh, that allowed us uh, to show some progress and save some lives. And I was proud to be a part of that effort uh, in the House as well. And I think that's that's more consistent with the Texas that I know. And that's part of why we have to move on from Ted Cruz. Um, do you believe that the average American needs access to an AR-15 or an AK-47? Well, I support what I know we can do now, uh, which is to put in place universal background checks, red flag laws to make sure that folks who are at risk to themselves or others have their firearms taken away, uh, and raising the age for purchasing assault-style rifles to 21. And I think that's what we have to build on on these kind of comments and things that I think have the, you know, the vast, vast majority uh, of support of Americans and keep, uh, you know, I think, looking for ways to save lives. What I've always done in my time in Congress uh, is to try and find bipartisan approaches that we can deliver on now uh, and that will help show progress, but also, uh, you know, in any given area can, you know, garner the kind of broad support uh, that allows us uh, to reach some consensus as a people. And that's something I'll continue to focus on as a senator. And I think obviously uh, any policy that's going to allow us to save lives when it comes to, uh, you know, that, that can you know, have the vast majority of Americans supporting it is the kind of thing that we should be doing. And there, there are common sense solutions like the one that I mentioned that I think we can do right now, and Ted Cruz opposes all of them. Yeah. Just a final question. I know you have to run. So I, I just wanted to ask you, obviously, you've heard about the wildfires that are going on in Hawaii right now and the destruction and the loss of life. Uh, how important is the environment uh, and what are your policies on combating um, uh, pollution and uh, global warming? Well, I'm extremely concerned by the summer that we're seeing uh, here in Texas and across uh, the country and, and honestly the world. Uh, we are seeing that uh, you know, climate change is playing out before our eyes, and the impacts are incredibly serious. Uh, they cost billions of dollars and you know, lives. And, of course, uh, you know, as we're seeing in Hawaii, can come in places that you would never expect maybe to see it. Uh, and that's going to continue to be true. I am proud that in the last Congress we, we passed the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, which 
despite its name, also was the uh, largest climate bill uh, in American history. It's going to allow us to reduce our carbon emissions by 30% by 2030, uh, and that is already having an incredibly positive impact in terms of where we're going with our green energy economy here in this state and across the country. Now, just recently, I announced and I've been working with uh, Canadian Solar, who are bringing a $250 million facility uh, to build uh, solar panels here to North Texas. It's going to create 1,500 jobs. And it's based on the incentives in the Inflation Reduction Act. And it's the kind of project that wouldn't have come without that. I had the Norwegian ambassador in my office a few weeks ago telling me uh, that the Europeans are actually upset that they can't compete with us in terms of uh, the benefits that we're offering for, for green energy and clean energy economy coming to the United States. But Texas is also uh, an energy state, and we always will be one. And I think we have to approach this from an all-of-the-above energy approach. That includes, yes, oil and natural gas uh, and nuclear, but also continues to build on some of the incredible progress that we've made with a number one wind energy state in the country. We're number two in solar. Uh, renewable energy has been a really important part of our electric, uh, electric mix. And I think we have to keep building on that. Thank you so much, Colin Allred. I really appreciate your time and thank you for speaking to our audience. Thank you for joining us this week. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at American Muslim Today. If you'd like to read more about this story and access more digital content, feel free to check out our website, AmericanMuslimToday.com. We'll see you next week on The Muslim Viewpoint.